We're going to now welcome Tabitha Brown, and there she is right now. So great to have you. Hello there. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So great to have you. And um, your book is wonderful, super inspiring. It was inspiring for me. I just have to say, I rode in a bike race, and um, I was a little bit nervous about it because I'm not an athlete and I'm not a normally healthy eater and I'm, I'm doing all the struggles everybody else is. Right. So, you know, my mantra when I showed up for the race was that I'm good enough. And that right. I just heard you talking about that. So thank you for putting that in my head. Absolutely. And we are always enough for whatever we show up for. Oh, yeah. That is the truth. That is the truth. So, right. You know, I happened on to your feed on Instagram, and I was instantly drawn in by your North Carolina dialect and your enthusiasm and your positive energy, and so grateful to follow you. And I've got, I've been inspired to eat better, eat healthier. I have a, I have a daughter that's a vegan. Very good. Her shop. Yeah, she loves it. And so when I heard, told her I was talking to you, she sent me like 57 questions. <laughs> All right, girl. <laughs> she, wanted to, she wanted to know. She's like, I want to know how she is just so brave in the kitchen. And I said, well, you got to read her book because that will tell you a lot, right? That's right, honey. You have torn down so many walls and have penetrated um you know, communities and families and individuals to eat healthier. I've been trying to get that to happen for 20 years and nobody, I've seen nobody inspire people the way you have to cook for themselves and put together healthier, healthier meals. And you've done that for, for my family, for myself, and we're super inspired by you. Can oh. you tell us what your tipping point was like on the vegan piece? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I got sick back in 2016, January of 2016. I had this terrible headache in the back of my head and I woke up with it. And I've had chronic pain from an injury that I had in high school from a car accident in my neck. So for over, you know, 30 years, I've always had like, you know, I wake up with a stiff neck and sometimes it would give me a little headache. So I thought it was the same thing. So I didn't think anything of it other than the fact that, oh, man, this was really in the back of my head more this time. But that headache rested there every day for a year and seven months. It never went away. It would the pain would kind of go up and down, but it was always constant. And I just could not get well from it. I started having chronic fatigue in my body. Chronic pain throughout my body started to happen. I would uh, start to fall when I would walk. Um, I lost my vision for a day. I just was in really bad shape. And I would go to the doctor week after week, month after month, blood work, MRIs, and everything would come back normal. Everything would come back normal. And they would say to me, you know, we know something is attacking your immune system. We just can't figure it out. And I even had this rheumatologist tell me one time, she said, you know, it's been a long time of us testing you and, and not getting any results. What we normally tell people when we cannot diagnose them is that they have fibromyalgia. And I said, well, honey, I don't want to just take that because you can't figure it out. You know, I don't want you to just decide I got something because you can't figure out what it is, you know. Right. And so when you don't know what's wrong with you, you also get depressed. You know, I, I was depressed. I had major anxiety and I thought I was going to die. I just was in constant panic. And I just was like, you know what? I, I didn't know what to do. But then when my daughter came home from school one day and she had watched the documentary, What the Hell, at school. 
And she she told me, she said, mom, I think y'all should watch it and, and see. And when I watched it, it was a light bulb moment for me. When they started talking about not all diseases are hereditary, is that we eat the same thing causing the same disease in our family. And I thought, you know, my mama died at 51 of a rare disease, ALS. There's no cause and there's no cure. My daddy just turned 70 and he's the first man to ever turn 70 in our family. People get sick and they die at young ages in my family. And I thought, well, the only common denominator is how we eat. And it's also the only thing I have not tried. And so I told my husband, I was like, let's do a 30 day vegan challenge. And he said, okay, we did it. And in the first 10 days, my headache disappeared. And I was like, "Uh oh, honey, tab on to something. (laughs) I'm on to something. (laughs) And then after the, you know, 29, 30 days, I was having so much energy again. I, it's like pain just started to leave my body. And I told my husband, I'm never going back. This is going to be my life. And here I am almost, you know, four and a half years later. And changing everybody else's life too, for, oh, for the good. good. Mine included, mine included. And um, I often am inspired um, by what you're preparing and how you're eating and your conversation. Um, my daughter May was like, Dad, she's just like so brave in the kitchen. How does she do that? And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that I love about your tapes on Instagram and and following you on YouTube and then other platforms is that you are fearless. Like you dare to make a mistake, which I love. You know, we're only talking about lunch. Not right. It's just food. It's just food. Right. <laughs> But I love the way you dare to make a mistake that way. And and I and that is inspiring. And the fact that people can actually prepare these plant-based um, diets for not a lot of money and not a lot of time. And if anybody's been through drive-through food like we all have, it's a 15-minute wait. And then it's probably not doing you any favors just because you're starving to death or you think you are. So right. So the narrative. You know, you have really made a leap that has changed the narrative for a lot of people. It's made eating healthier in a very approachable, unscary way. And I love the way that you're doing that. And I think it's interesting that you've played family epidemiologist in the sense that you're aware that family members in your family have not lived long lives and and that diet may have something to do with it. And is there a relationship you could share with me about your food relationship before you got into this phase or this vegan cooking? Well, you know, honey, I'm from the South, right? I'm from North Carolina, child, and ate things that I didn't even know what I was eating, okay? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when you're from the South, and I'm a whole Black woman, so, you know, we was frying it up. We were eating, I grew up eating pork and and, and chicken, of course, and um Fried fish, everything was fried. Like so much was fried. Which I loved. I can't help it. Right. I, love it. I love fried stuff too in moderation, still, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but beef, I mean, so many things which also cause us to have a lot of different issues, you know, and diseases. But I ate all the southern favorites in comfort food, and it just was also eating me alive. Right. And so I had to get to a point where I rethought it and said, I can still have some of my favorites just in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I definitely was not a person who 
was a terrible eater, but I did grow up eating terrible. I, you know, I know, because I used to, I'm originally from the Midwest, then I moved here a, a few decades ago. I moved right into the barbecue with the six inches of coleslaw. And, uh, you know, it's really been a tough journey for me to take my own reins and turn my diet around and and make it happen. But the beautiful thing about your segments is that it is okay if you make a mistake, right? It's okay. And, and we don't have to be perfect when we start down this road. I mean, for myself, we um, I don't eat any pork or beef. I occasionally will eat chicken and fish, but, but mostly vegetables and mostly plants. And um, a lot of those alternative, a lot of the the fish chicken thing is because I'm traveling and I often, mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes hard to plan. So I'll jump on board with that. But mm-hmm. um, I did want to ask you, you use a lot of mushrooms in your food and I do too, but I'm so allergic to them. And I'm just wondering, I know, doesn't that seem wrong? Yeah. Seem honey, wrong? If I get allergic to mushrooms, the Lord might as well go on and take me now, honey, because <laughs> I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. But yeah, is it all mushrooms or are you learning? No, I mean, I had a very bad reaction about 20 years ago and they said, stay away from all mushrooms because they couldn't figure it out. I ended up in the hospital for a few days. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it wasn't like an itch. It was a big anaphylactic kind of. Well, reaction. that's how I am. Um, I'm that way with dairy. Ah. Yeah. Right. You got to have the EpiPen and all that stuff. Yeah, um, that's like, yeah, which I have. Yeah. And, um, and uh, it's crazy, but I'm just wondering about the mushrooms. Is there anything that people like me can do to switch the mushrooms out? Are there things that you would use? I know, you love them. I love a mushroom. I mean, back when you said the barbecue sandwich with the coleslaw, I do, you know, I do an oyster mushroom barbecue, but I also do a, a jackfruit barbecue without mushroom. Mm-hmm. So use jackfruit, you can substitute there. Um, I'm trying to think what other things that you could substitute the mushrooms for, because the other thing is that they're so good for us. I mean, not for you, right? They're great. And I used to eat them all the time. I just had something bad that went south. Yeah, it it happens. You can always have, um, you know, a progressive allergy that progresses as you age. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's how mine happened with, with dairy and with soy. It just right. kind of came on all of a sudden after I'd been eating it forever. But uh, it's it's a brain food, which I love, you know, because it's it's a sponge just like the brain. And, it, you know, really good. Exactly. So I, I don't know what I would suggest other I like than the jackfruit. I'm going to try the jackfruit. Yeah. And you just got to cook it right. You got to mm. cook it well, honey, because if not, honey, Jack won't do you right. Okay. <laughs> Jack won't, Willie. But that's so good. I will, and how long do you cook that for? So when I saute it, I saute it until it starts to, to crisp just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because it's soft in texture, but you'll get like a little bit of crisp on pieces of it. So you're like, oh, okay, I sauteed it enough. Good, and okay. Mm-hmm. And I do, um, people ask me about food all the time. And I was like, you know, my go-to is, first of all, I love your untuna whole situation. <laughs> People who are joining us for this um, broadcast, I hope they're going to check out your book and check out the um, the Untuna recipes and the other recipes that come with the book. But 
Um, there were, um, I often will use chickpeas, use a lot of chickpeas and I throw in, yeah, me too. And I chop them up. I throw in the apples and the fruit and cashews, little yeah. beignets. And I have like a chicken salad situation going on. That's not really, you know, but yeah. it's delicious and easy. What? Yeah. That sounds so good. It is. Have you done it? It's so yummy. It's yeah, I know. I, I think I need to do that and add the cashews. It's it's like apples, I um cashews. Sometimes I throw in walnuts too, the yeah. chickpeas, the vegan mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And yeah. that's still good for the brain because you're adding the walnuts in there. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. yeah Heart, hearts of palm is another good substitute. Oh. Yeah, that's a good idea. I love hearts of palm. I normally throw them in like different salads, but I love, I can eat a whole thing of those. They're good. I batter, I slice them. Like, you know how you can get the hearts of palm in the jar or in a can and they're round and all right. So if you slice them in half and you batter it like fish and you fry it and it tastes like fish. Really? Yeah, it's so good. Should I I make tartar sauce out of vegan yeah, I'm going to throw you some relish on in there, honey. The oh, pickle. and you know, I love a pickle, too. Yeah, come on. Because yeah. that's my business. Right? <laughs> that's my business. That's right. <laughs> I love them. I love them. It's great. So um, now you are speaking everywhere. You are going everywhere and doing great things and impacting people's health. Thank you. Not, not just inspiring them for different decisions, but you're really impacting people's health. And I personally am so grateful for that because I see a lot of disease. I've lived with a lot of disease. I've had a lot of losses around that. And I know when, the, you know, the real miracle in all of this is trying to prevent disease. And so much of that comes through food. Yeah. And the fact that you're here today supporting our effort means so much to us. And I know we're going to let the viewers know, the people that are participating about your Instagram channel and your book, and we'll make sure that's on there. And we're so excited to have you and your help and helping to, um, you know, bang that healthier drum and that more positive vibe. Like everything that comes out of you is positive. Thank you for that. Well, you know, it's a choice, right? Yeah. it is a choice. We can choose to be negative. We can choose to be positive. I, you know, it's funny because I, I um, just on that path, I, I work out with somebody. I'm lucky enough to work out with somebody that's very good. He's like, Bill, your negative self-talk has got to go. And I was like, you know, it's hard to shake. Yeah. It's hard to shake. But the more energy and time you spend around positive people, it can make a world of difference. So, not only for health, I'm just grateful for your attitude and the positive energy you put in the world and super glad that you could be part of this. You're really doing great, great work. And I'm, I really admire your leadership. Thank you so much, honey. I appreciate you. And thank you for having me and thinking of me. I, I really do appreciate that because I know well, y'all have many people, honey. And I'm not like, you know, whenever I get certain like organizations, I'm like, well, you, they know I'm not a doctor, right? Or I, I'm not like a nutritionist. I'm just a woman who shares and so for you to see well, me. We love that. You know, I'm, I'm a hard, I'm not a doctor or scientist. I'm a C student from Wayne state university in Detroit, Michigan. And I, when we started this organization, I just really wanted less cancer. I wanted to figure out how to lower the incidences of cancer. Yeah. And, and fortunately that's what we have scientists and physicians for and healthcare providers that guide us in our work. But um, there's a lot to be said for the squeaky wheel. 
And a lot of a lot of things can change just by speaking up. And we're already seeing, you know, just from market research, the work that you're impacting is so powerful. So, um, you know, you're you're um, certainly a leader on that level, and we're very grateful. Thank you so much, and that means I'm doing something right. <laughs> you're doing a lot right. You know, when you can. Um, in, in your book, you talk about like sticking to the dream, following your lead. I, you know, when we first started this organization, I had to juggle a lot of jobs. Still do. And, and it is good because we, we really don't have any messaging that is shaped by outside forces. It's all evidence-based science. And, and, and it, while that's great, we also need people like you and your stories and the change that you're making, not only here across the country, but around the globe. Thank you. Honey, well, I will not stop, right? I will always share and, and do it with love and kindness and no judgment. And that's what helps people pay attention. Right? It and it allows people to lean in. Yeah. And so you've been, I, I think, too, when you when you talk about judgment, when people talk about what you should do because of blah, blah, and blah, it's hard for some people to listen to. And while we are educating healthcare providers on this feed, we're also educating a lot of people that want their health better. And they may not be a healthcare provider, but they have the tools to do incredible things around exercise and diet that can vastly improve their lives. And that's great. 